Welcome to Force of Light Entertainment, where we keep things on the light side. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me is my co-host, my sister, Natalie. Hello, everybody. This is episode 37, and if you have not yet, as always, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you can join live events like we're doing tonight. And sometimes we have different... Uh, YouTube content that is exclusively YouTube, so make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel also. Well, hey, Michael, how, how are you? Uh, not, not this Michael. Our brother here is also here, who is Michael, but Michael has joined us in the, the chat. From the Me Too Star Wars Network. Hello, it's, how it's, are you? It's Med Too, not Me Too. Uh-oh, yeah. Well, what I was doing there. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, the, sorry. The sorry. sorry to that, Michael. Well, those of you listening to us on our podcast, tonight's going to be a little different. We are recording live on YouTube, so we may have some interaction with our people that are uh, live tweeting, or not tweeting, live... Uh, chatting with yes, us. Yes, live chatting with us tonight, so, so it may be a little different. But tonight, we also have a special guest with us. And he has been on the show before, but this is the first time, if you're watching on YouTube, that you will actually be able to see him. And that is our brother, Michael. Michael, how are you? Good. Good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Glad to have you uh, to discuss what we're going to discuss tonight. And we are discussing a few weeks ago, as we often, we like to hear from you all and try to do, we, we aim to please. We do. We did, uh, had done The Dark Knight, and we did a Twitter poll of, do you want us to do The Dark Knight Rises? And The Dark Knight Rises overwhelmingly won the poll. There was not a single no, and quite a few of you voted in that one. So tonight, we are going to be discussing The Dark Knight Rises. So join the conversation, and let's talk some... The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> that didn't really flow off the tongue. The best. It, it didn't flow off the tongue, but but that's okay. And you know, kind of interesting for this movie, we picked a good time with it because this past Monday, when Natalie and I decided to go back and watch it again, it actually celebrated its eighth birthday, so to speak. It was eight. It's been last Monday was eight years since it was released in theaters, which that just made me feel like, gosh, eight years just passed very quickly. <laughs> Time yeah. really does fly, especially once you're an adult. On it yeah, goes very quickly. Yeah, it truly, truly does. So uh, Natalie and I had a fun time going back and and rewatching it. We celebrated its eighth birthday by watching the movie. And we'll begin the way we often do, by giving kind of our initial thoughts. And I think I was the only one of the three of us to see it in theaters. Is this accurate? Did you any of you see The Dark Knight Rises in theaters? I, I think I did, yeah. With who? You didn't with me. It had to have been with you. Yeah, I don't think you saw it. But I know I've seen it before. No, so no, in theaters. It? Maybe I watched it with you. You watched it with Atlanta. me at my house. Yeah. Uh, Michael, did you see it in theaters? Yeah. Well, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll give my initial thought. Um, I really, you know, liked it when I left the theater. I went a few days after. Oh, welcome to the chat, Radio Rebellion. Good to have you in here tonight. Um, yes, hello. Yes. I. Anyways, I, I went to the theater. Remember, they had that shooting the night of its release. That was a little creepy. So there was that. I think Michael's frozen on the screen. Um, there was that, that 
No, I'm, I'm sorry. My phone. I'm going to try to ignore it. It was going off, though. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. when live on YouTube, let's try to ignore it. But uh, You guys have to remember, this is our brother, so we might like be a little more blunt with him. <laughs> but anyways, so this movie came out, and there was that shooting, so it kind of... Hey, hey, Rez, or, or Rez, yes, Mr. Rez. Yes, hello, Mr. Rez. It kind of put a damper on the mood of seeing this movie that we were all so excited about. But despite that tragedy, um, which, you know, I would be happy if we had a little more security in movie theaters personally. But besides that, I really enjoyed the movie. So I'll let you guys now speak because I asked Michael to be on tonight because I remember when you watched it, you went around your house talking like Bane for a couple weeks. So, Michael, what did yeah. you think of this movie? <laughs> Initial thoughts. Uh, it, it was probably my favorite Batman, even though I, I liked all of them, really. In my opinion, I think that uh, Christian Bale is far and away the best Batman, uh, certainly in my lifetime. So I agree, hands down. Probably. I know a lot of people really like, I was going to say, I know a lot of people really love Michael Keaton, but I have to go with Christian Bell. Well, he, he's a great actor in general, and uh, yeah, I think he really nailed the role. Yeah, yeah, I, Martin Keaton is good. Um, I was young, and I was used to him being like a kind of a uh, comedic, so it was, it was different to see, you know, him in that role. And the movies were different back then, the Batman movies, than the, the newest ones. You know, they got kind of darker and edgier and, and all that. So, uh, but it, it was probably my favorite of the Batman movies. Yes. And, well, so you're you're actually, you kind of stand out then. because So you're saying you like this better than The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. I do. Okay. I do. If, I, if, if I had to watch, uh, if you said I had, you know, pick one, I would watch The Dark Knight Rising. Uh, obviously, Heath Ledger did a great job and, and uh, turned in a, a stellar performance, uh, kind of a legendary type performance at this point. Uh, one of those almost James Dean kind of things, you know, because he wasn't around a whole lot longer after that. But uh, I, if I had to pick out of the two, I'd still pick The Dark Knight Rises. I know I would, and I can tell you, Natalie, we're more Dark Knight, but I think The Dark Knight Rises is a great movie and great conclusion to, in my opinion, by far the best Batman trilogy of all time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've heard it said, and the more I thought about it, it makes sense. They said this was the greatest uh, third movie of, like, a comic series, like, ever. Uh, you know, and I get that the more, like, when I reflected on the movie. And it was one of those movies when I thought about it, um, after watching it, I kind of started to piece together and sort of like it more than I even did while I was watching it. Like, appreciate it more. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's one of the most, uh, I guess just my thoughts here, but it's probably one of the most emotionally charged comic yes. book movies when you really think about it. Um, um totally. Because I'm going to get into that when we, we'll discuss kind of characters here in a moment. Uh, the, some of the scenes with Alfred and Bruce Wayne are like really heart, like kind of get you by the heart. They're very, it was very emotional for those two. And I've not really seen that in a Batman movie. And and I don't think we'd ever seen a Batman like this. And not just Batman, but the man behind, you know, Batman, Bruce Wayne. And he truly was a broken down man at the beginning of this and much throughout the movie. 
Um, so to see just kind of the deep pain he was in and his transformation and kind of getting back to something through the movie was powerful. Yeah, it is. So that's kind of our initial thoughts. And we will move in and we'll kind of, as we talk about characters, you can bring up really anything you want to about these characters in the movie. And after that, we will, after we talk characters, we'll bring up favorite scenes, if you have any favorite scenes from this movie. So let's kind of dive in. Oh, and before, we want to wish a very happy belated birthday now to our grandmother, Grace, who turned 89 on July 25th, and Natalie's daughter, Isabella, who turned 13 on July 25th. So happy happy birthday to both. Happy birthday to both of them. But let's move in. And and actually, before we get to the characters, I just don't think enough can be said about Christopher Nolan, who, of course, directed this. And I remember a few weeks ago, I think it was Ryan, who, on our live stream, he said he thought Christopher Nolan is kind of the new Steven Spielberg. And I think he really is kind of on that level. Like, Christopher Nolan, what he was able to do with a comic book movie is truly genius. Like, it, all three movies are great in their own way. And especially The Dark Knight, and to me, The Dark Knight Rises, they're just so special, and they're shot just so beautifully. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they look so real. And that's, I struggle with things if I feel like it's not grounded. And that's why I love this trilogy, Christopher Nolan. Uh, and The Dark Knight, I guess, in the comic books is darker than the other Batman comics. But he was able to ground this trilogy in reality in a way that nothing I've ever seen before. And I I mean, until like the latest Joker, which is on next level of that. But to truly still be a comic, I just think Christopher Nolan, he's just incredible what he did with this trilogy and what he did with this movie, in my opinion. And I think for me, even like uh, with comics, that's what can kind of draw me to the Batman franchise in general. Uh, One in particular, these three Uh, but just a little grittier than a lot of comics out there. And like you said, more grounded. So I find them a little more appealing personally. Yeah. And, oh, Michael, were you going to speak? No, go ahead. Oh, and I know Michael Nadley may not have anything to say about this, but yet again, uh, Hans Zimmer did an incredible job with the score of this movie. Uh, like, I think it's called Gotham's Reckoning, which is Bane's music that always comes on when Bane's appearing. It's just incredible. Again, so he did an incredible job with The Dark Knight, and he did an incredible job with The Dark Knight Rises. I think you had a lot of good things coming together in this movie, and with the others also, but in this one, you know, in particular, the acting, the directing, dialogue... The music, like you said, awesome. It really adds to it. So you had a lot of good things coming together for this one. Yes, definitely. And and we'll kind of move into characters now. And I heard this said, and I think this is accurate. They said where The Dark Knight was kind of more of a, a crime drama that was made into a comic. This is more of a war movie that was made into a comic. And you really can see that. Like, this truly is, like, it's a war movie. Like, Bane goes to war, basically, with the city of Gotham. So that I just thought that was kind of an interesting, and, and it really is true. But now we'll kind of move into anything we want to say about Christian Bell and Batman in, in this particular movie. And I'll let you start, Michael. Or if you want me to start. Whoever wants to start. <laughs> Well, um, I don't. I don't know how old he 
was supposed to be exactly. Did you know what, the, like, maybe 38, 40, something like that? I think so. Do you know, I didn't realize, yeah. I think eight years was supposed to have passed yes. between the one with Heath Ledger and The Dark Knight Rises. Yes. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even realize that watching it, you know, last week. You, you must have missed them saying yeah. that. I, apparently I missed that part. <laughs> they say it at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was... Uh, that certainly catches your attention right up front because he's become this recluse and he's, his body is evidently not in very good shape because he's walking around on this cane. Um, but then he, you know, has this, he still has this desire to get out there, you know, something that kind of uh, awakens that desire to get back out there. And so I think a lot of people, maybe not all people, but a lot of people can relate to that yeah where you've done something you go with this uh, you kind of lose your passion and then something kind of awakens it and and you want to get back to it you know you want to you want to get back to what it is that you love that you've kind of set on the shelf for a while or whatever and we don't really know how long exactly he's you know not done anything i don't guess well, I don't really well no it's been eight years because they was hearing in the movie at the beginning of the movie uh Commissioner Gordon is giving a, a speech about Harvey Dent, and they say it's been eight years since Harvey Dent died. So, you know, of course, that's the setup to this movie, too, that, that Batman, at the end of The Dark Knight, he falls, so to speak, because he takes the fall for Harvey Dent's murder. And so he's in hiding. Yeah. So he's been in hiding for eight years. So you can continue with what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. I, I had to forget about that. He was the bad guy. Yeah. And Gordon stayed the bad guy just for kind of public morale or whatever uh, when he's about when he's giving that speech at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but then this new challenge comes, and so he's kind of this desire to get back out there. But Alfred knows he's probably not up to it. Yeah. But he doesn't know that he's not up to it. <laughs> right. And so uh, that's interesting to watch, and especially. Uh, I probably will continue to relate with that one more as I get older because I'm 38 uh, and I'm sitting here uh, with uh, uh, two partially torn ligaments in my knee because I got back into jujitsu after uh, and I've got a partly arthritic shoulder. So I relate to that, the body not doing exactly what you want it to do. And so, uh, but as far as his character, uh, it was it was interesting to me. And it's also kind of... Um, uh, it humanizes Batman in such a way of almost maybe no other superhero that you watch in, you know, whether it's DC or Marvel or whatever, except, I don't know, you could probably debate that, but it, it humanizes no, I, I think so. a significant, powerful way. Well, and something that's important to set up in this, it, well, uh, two things I'll say. One, this movie at times has kind of Rocky Three vibes. You know how Rocky's lost his his like determination or hunger to fight, and Apollo's got to get that out of him. Yeah. If there's kind of those vibes in this, but uh, in this, and that's where that the the emotionally charged moments come with Alfred. Alfred recognizes because of course Rachel died in the previous movie. Uh, Alfred recognizes that Bruce Wayne has basically lost the will to live. Like, it's beyond, yeah. like, he's just upset. Like, he, he doesn't feel like there's anything worth living for. 
And that's where Alfred is so, he threatens and he quits. He quits his job and he's like tearful about it because he recognizes, he says, you know, basically that he fears that he will lose to Bane because basically he wants to. Like he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care anymore. And Alfred recognizes the danger of that for this character. So that's kind of the arc for Bruce Wayne too, and that we'll get to with with the final jump where he finally comes back and that out of that pit, um, he he has to begin to fear death again and to have something to live for. So that becomes a major theme of this movie, and it's a powerful thing that I think again people can relate to in in life. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing I think with this movie with his character is like you said. I mean that's what I was thinking. He's really lost his will to live and um you know I, I particularly liked the scene where what is his name he was on 30 rock from the sun Good oh actor. uh joseph uh joseph gordon it's like a three name yeah what joseph, is it? joseph gordon levitt joseph gordon levitt but i thought he did a particularly good job in this as the young police officer then got promoted to detective uh, when you find out his backstory that he had grown up in one of the group homes uh, for boys that Bruce Wayne had funded. And somehow he just like knows that that's Batman. Yeah, he, he's put it together. And he goes and kind of has a pep talk with him, you know, and, and then, you know, it kind of, the that, light starts yes. kind of clicking on his head. And he's like, Alfred, why don't we uh, give to that boy's home anymore? Uh, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I felt like he kind of had a part just in that little one-on-one -on -one conversation of kind of waking him up, even in the smallest of ways, but something kind of, the lights get going again. Yeah, he, he does play a role, uh, for sure. And we'll kind of talk, well, I guess we'll, we'll save that ending for when we move down the road. But, so, so we kind of talked about Alfred again, Alfred, uh, played by Michael, Michael, uh, Kane, who I think was such an excellent Alfred. And another fantastic actor. Yes, I mean the act. The actors in this movie. I mean, you've got Academy Award winners. It's just great acting. This but, is Batman on a different level. Yes, like so. Alfred has just incredible moments. Literally tears up about he doesn't want to fail his parents of of protecting Bruce throughout his life and quits. Bruce leaves. Like says, I can't be around you and just watch you basically kill yourself. So I think they have some great moments. Oh, and I will say about Batman, too, and I think we've touched on this, and like Michael said, I think, you know, this is the first time that we've really seen Batman physically challenged to this degree. Um, and yeah. to, to have an opponent, you know, once we get to Bane, um, that it's like it's very believable that he wouldn't win in a fight against him. Yeah, that is true. And, and with that, we can just kind of move into discussing Bane. Because I personally, and I'll let you guys speak, Sometimes I feel Tom Hardy's performance and Bane, it's a little underrated in my opinion, because I think Bane, think about it. When I was a kid, Batman and Robin came out and we got that version of Bane that is so laughable. It's unbelievable. I mean, if you can remember Bane from that movie. Do you guys not? I Gosh, mean, now no, I, 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 I don't. I don't remember anything about that movie. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to remember anything about that movie. Well, oh, um, you, you need to go back and watch how Bane becomes Bane vaguely, in that movie. Vaguely. Yeah. But anyways, so from that to this. Isn't he like super veiny? Like, well, he they basically blow him up on steroids. He's a normal <laughs> sized man. They blow him up and he becomes Bane in like two seconds. Um, yeah. So going from that to this. Again, they made a comic book character feel realistic. Like this feels like this could be a legit villain. And he's very, 
that the word I would use that makes Bane to me, he's so imposing. Like there's a moment where with what's his name, Natalie, uh, Ben Middleson, he, he puts his hand just kind of, where's the camera, just kind of like this on his on Ben Middleson's shoulder. Yeah, and, and he, there's such a sense of like, And, and he says, do you feel in control? And it's just like every time Bane's on camera, you feel the threat of his physical, he's just so big and can move so fast. Like he's so imposing. So I think he's an incredible villain. What do you all think? Another funny and good thing about his performance, you ever notice like every time he says something, even if it's not a question, it sounds like a question. Yeah, Tom Hardy like makes a statement, but it sounds like he's asking, you know, it's a rhetorical or something. Tom Hardy's voice is kind of it's it's it, he's both imposing and humorous throughout the movie in a way just because of the the, vo the way he chose to speak. But and anyways, and if you guys haven't ever YouTubed uh, Bane Cat, you're missing out. You got to see that. I laughed for weeks about Bane Cat. Yeah, molded by it. <laughs> but so, Michael, what do you think about Bane? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like his first, uh, I think the first appearance that he has is the plane. Yes, an yeah, incredible so, opening sequence, but continue. Yeah, so the guy's asking, you know, what's next? And and uh, clearly this guy's going to be sacrificed. And, you know, Bane tells him, you know, crash the plane, no survivors. <laughs> and and uh, uh, this guy's just, like, happy to do it. Like, he's very happy to sacrifice himself. <laughs> so, sure. Like, wow, this guy is, is not only physically imposing, but he's, like, got some kind of serious drawing power that uh, people are just... Uh, you know, happily sacrificing themselves for him, you know, uh, for no real reason, really. Bane didn't have a great reason as to why that guy couldn't come with him other than uh, somebody just needed to go down with it. So it might as well be you. Yeah. And, uh, and the guy was pleased to do it. So he's like, like an honor. what an honor, sir. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that kind of you know, sets the tone for what type of uh, influence that this guy's going to have. Like somehow he's, He's really, uh, you know, drawn people to his mission. Yeah, no, totally. And that, okay, that the cinematography and that opening scene with the plane coming on top of the plane. I mean, that's just, that's Christopher Nolan's genius. Like, that's just incredible opening scene. Yes. Um, but yeah, Bane is just so imposing. And let's move in. We can kind of move into scenes, too, as we talk about things with, with this character. Uh, you literally feel afraid when Batman finally sees Bane face to face and they're in that cage, basically a cage almost is the setup at that point. And Bane just beats the crap out of Batman. And you're literally just like coming in shock that he's just, I mean, it feels like Batman doesn't have a chance against well, this guy. And as yeah, we, well, his, his skills are not sharp. No, as we've discussed, um, I mean, he's, he's pretty rusty. Yeah, and he's not taking the time to really get back into <laughs> yeah. get back into the game. Like it, it would have uh, uh, taken a, a lot of effort to get anywhere close to top position, you know, top form. And you know, obviously, Batman wasn't going to be at, at top top form probably at this stage in the game. But he never climbed the hill in any way. He just, you know. He just thought he'd go out there and, I guess, maybe give it his best shot. Yeah. Uh, well, and so, and we'll get back to Bane as we kind of hit scenes. Let's move into uh, Anne Hathaway, who's played Catwoman. Because going back and rewatching this, I would have to say she adds the fun to this movie. Like, her scenes are delightful. Like, every time Catwoman is on screen, like, you're having fun. It's the one, because this movie overall is not a lot of fun. 
But she brings the fun. And one of her opening, well, besides her opening scene with Bruce, uh, when she tricks the guy and she's meeting actually kind of like Bane's little, well, the guy's working with Bane. And she basically, it just shows how, how much she can outwit people. And I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, where she, she has a senator that's there basically just for her own defense. She's called the police because she knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And the way she's able to, one, outsmart them, then uh, then she's able to, you know, she does her cat-like martial arts. And then as the cops come in, she falls down, just screams like she's a helpless victim and just walks out, yeah. like doesn't care. Like yeah. her acting in this, I mean, Anne Hathaway is an incredible actress, but her acting is so good. And she's just so much fun in this movie. Like you enjoy her. Like even though half the movie, you really the whole movie, you're like, can we trust Catwoman? And she kind of keeps letting Bruce down, but Bruce keeps believing that she's not going to let him down at some point. Well, <laughs> uh, she's very cunning and manipulative, and I think she's very much uh, in survival mode and, you know, take care of herself above all else. Um, but then as the movie goes on, I think obviously you get the sense she does have a heart in there, and she's not, like, really a bad person. Yeah, that, uh... That cat, the Catwoman that Anne Hathaway portrayed, would very much be in line with like an older version of the Catwoman that was portrayed in Gotham, the TV shows. You know, like when she's young, coming up through the yes, streets. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they would very much be uh, characters kind of cut out of the same mold. There is good there, but a significant amount of time they choose not good because yeah. that's what is most. Uh, uh, it's sur you know, it's that, survival mode. Yeah. 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 Kinda kinda like cats on the street, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not like totally not like totally evil, you know. Right. No, and that's where, where she she sells out Bruce Wayne to that moment we just talked about where he encounters Bane. And you literally as she as Batman gets beat up, you see tears like come down her face. Like she realizes she made a mistake. She felt like there was no other option. They were gonna kill her if she didn't give him up. But you could tell she was really grieved by her decision in that moment. So you see good character building in Catwoman throughout this movie also. Um, and we'll, mo we'll move on. And, oh. uh, hold on. Can I just read this comment? This is interesting. So Batman is... Uh, this is Bob's Adventure Vlogs and More. Hello. Um, he was saying Batman is supposed to be 30 in this movie. I feel like he has to be older than that. I feel like 38 would be like more realistic. Like maybe he was 30 in the last movie. Yeah. Or 31 yeah, even. Yeah, he's a bad 30, man, if, if, <laughs> if he's supposed to be 30. Yeah, he's, he's been through some stuff. Um, right. I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I have no idea. But he, he comes across, like, way older than that. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyways, we'll move into, and then we'll kind of talk moments more in the movie. I will just say that I do think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a great job as this character that we ultimately know is, they're hinting is going to, is Robin, he yeah. just, you know, it's at the very beginning of his journey. Uh, and I think he added a lot to the movie. I do, too. I really liked him in this role. Yeah, and I'd forgotten that till rewatching it, that they kind of did that Robin bit at the end, that they implied that. So that was cool. When he kind of walks away from the police yes, force. And, and he finds the Batcave where Bruce has given him, you know, told him, basically given it for him to go to. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. 
And, of course, the guy who does Mr. Commissioner Gordon, he was great in all three of these movies. And you see you see in this movie, for his character, the kind of the guilt weighing on him at the beginning of the movie, he's kept this kind of dirty secret for eight years, and he really wants to get it off his chest, that uh, they kind of threw Batman under the bus for the sake of, you know, making that... And and I will say it may seem okay. I will say it's like touching. Oh, if like if I'm in an emotional mood, it could almost make me tear up. It's very touching at the end of the movie where Bruce Wayne find or he's Batman where he finally lets Commissioner Gordon know I'm Bruce Wayne. He does it in a subtle way of reminding him how he after his parents had died, uh, Commissioner Gordon put a coat around his jacket, told him it was going to be okay. And when you see it, like, dawn on his face, yeah, that was really yeah. sweet. That was a nice touch. Yeah, but but that guy does a great job. So that's yeah. kind of characters. But let's move into kind of the, the movie, big moments, any moments you like. Like, we, we mentioned that opening scene, to me, is just incredible. And I will say I'll give you my uh, a moment that comes to my head that I love it's when Batman first shows up. Uh, Bane has, you know, because it takes a while. You're like an hour into the movie before actually Batman shows up. It's just been Bruce Wayne. And Bane has just uh, taken hostages out of the stock exchange. And Batman, all of a sudden the lights go out on the street and an old cop's like, oh, you're going to like what's going to happen. And all of a sudden you, you see the uh, the bat cycle go through the street. And that scene is just like, yeah, like you're like, yes. Like when you finally see him in the movie, it's very victorious and awesome. But that I love that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the only thing is I knew that it was going to be short lived. Um, so I knew like, oh, this is real cool. But then I knew, like, I don't know if I'm going to get too excited because I'm pretty sure a bad beatdown is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty quickly after that. And, uh, you know, of course it did come after that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it shows that he still had it to some degree at that point. You know, he still, he still, you know, could do some awesome stuff. But when it came to the hand-to-hand -hand stuff, boy, he was overmatched. Yes. Yes. And another scene I love is when you find, like, Batman, Catwoman's kind of in a pinch. Bane's men are surrounding her, and all of a sudden Batman shows up, and them fighting together for the first time is a very awesome moment, in my opinion. I mean, Wait a minute, who fighting yeah. together, would you say? Uh, Bat Batman and Catwoman. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah and he saves her in the little chopper. Yeah, and she says, my, whatever he's got at that time. she says, my mom said never get in the car with strange men. And he says, this is no car. And they oh, go yeah. off together. <laughs> up in the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that movie, that, that is very fun. And, you know, this whole movie, I will say, a lot goes on in this movie. This is yeah. a very packed movie because... They're, they're telling uh, Bruce Wayne's story that's very emotionally charged. They've got Catwoman's story. They've got Bane's story. And they've got this new Becoming Robin character story. So there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, but then we can kind of move into, of course, Batman gets thrown into the pit. Uh, and I think... The pit, the pit of despair. You've got Rob Dagul's daughter, who you're trying to figure out who she is along the way, too. So oh, Yeah in there with main enterprises and all that so yeah manipulating on, I, I never felt like um it felt like super rushed or super crammed like some movies can have a tendency to get like like somehow they really made it flow pretty well considering yes. all of the different things they were trying to get across yeah they definitely did um 
anything you guys want to talk because this movie really kind of builds to a crescendo, I would say, because we do have Bane. Uh, and that's what Winkai say, you know, watching this movie, it was hard not to with everything going on in cities like Portland and what we just saw with Seattle and Chop or Shaz. Uh, you know, it was just interesting to watch Bane basically take over Gotham, who literally to me, Bane is kind of the symbol of anarchy. And he's promising Gotham to give them this better life when in reality he's plotting to destroy their life. Right. So it's just, it's kind of interesting the way watching it right now, it just kind of hit with, you know, some of the, you know, people, I mean, the thing in Chaz was a total disaster. Uh, it was just interesting. Anything, anything you guys yeah. want to say? Yeah, yeah think- well, Gotham definitely, uh, uh, they didn't have the police, so to speak. Well, um, yeah, Bane gets Bane. He it, part of his plan is to get rid of the cops, and he gets right, them shut right. in under the city until Batman gets them out eventually. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a, a pretty picture for him. Um, yeah, he did. He was promising on the football field. He was yeah. promising that he's going to you know give Gotham back to them, and uh, in some sick, twisted way, I guess he he did. But anytime that happens. Uh, the most chaotic, the most violent, the most uh, uh, dastardly are the ones that benefit from it. And you see immediately that's what takes place. You know, you've got uh, Scarecrow, who's like the judge. Uh, of the, yeah, yeah. He, 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 and and it's, it's not actual justice. No. It's just whoever they don't like right. is getting, you know, tossed. Death uh, by exile. Yeah. Yeah, death by exile. <laughs> Yeah, where they're like falling through the ice or yes, something, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it is interesting with everything that's going on today, almost how somehow it was kind of... Uh, like prophetic. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was interesting watching through today's world uh, because that's why I'd say this movie, like Bane truly, there's times where it's like you truly feel like hope is lost. Like it literally leads up to this moment of feeling like Gotham is hopeless. Like Bane, there, there's no one coming to save them. Batman is gone. The police are gone. Like Bane is just, he literally has his terrorists cruising the city and now Batman's old Batmobiles, basically. Uh, I mean, it's just a total... It just fit, you know, Catwoman is seeing everything going, you know, basically to pot. I mean, everything is just going terrible right. in this city. Like but she was kind of a believer at one point. Yes, she, she was in the beginning. That the, uh, the the Bruce Waynes and the wealthy and the elite of, of Gotham, that getting what they had coming to them would somehow end up good for her. Yes. And she quickly finds out that, this is not a good situation for her at all. Yeah, like um, she's scared for her life and thinks like, what is yeah. going on? Be careful and what so you wish for. As to, uh, you know, you said earlier that, that uh, Tom Hardy probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Well, I think that's another thing that we can tie to uh, today. <laughs> he has a mask on the whole time, so you can't see his face. You know, uh, you know, we're finding out like, or at least I'm finding out when we go out and uh, uh, restaurants and uh, businesses and things. I'm having a very a difficult time communicating with people because I can't see what their face is doing. I'm just yes. hearing a voice. <laughs> and so sometimes you're losing connection as to, you know, so I think that, that maybe it was harder for people uh, uh, just 
psychologically to what a good job he did right because you never saw his face you just heard the voice you know yeah and yeah. Saw the, yeah he did do an amazing job but you know so all this leads it to all this chaos that's being caused in the city uh gotham's reckoning as ba as bane says you know it leads to bane is, has locked bruce wayne basically put bruce wayne into a pit a literal pit in another country this prison a pit of despair yeah and told him you know after he put it he gave him a movie or a tv and after you've watched me basically destroy gotham you have my permission to die is what he's told so let's kind of move into <laughs> batman he he eventually and that is the point of this movie he he gets back he knows he's gonna have to make this jump and he makes this jump to try to get out of this prison i think three times and the first two times he fails and and i liked that Yes, and... That's more realistic. You know, the man in the prison, you know, begins to explain the story of the person who got out, who at this point is still a mystery in the movie. But he tells him that he doesn't fear death. And that, that basically, it's kind of like the fear of death is what will make you make it. You've got to have something you want to live for. And, and that becomes the point of this movie. Batman in that pit, as he sees his, his beloved city just falling apart... He finally gets something to live for again. And that's where we get, you know, the now. It's just it's a very glorious moment when Batman makes the or Bruce Wayne makes the jump and he gets out of the pit. And I think that can be uh, you know, just so symbolic of things we go through in life. Uh, you know, kind of getting back back getting back up again. And I yeah. think that's even, you know, his dad, that that's said throughout the this trilogy. His dad will say, Bruce. Uh, what, what does he say? Why do we fall? You know, to learn to get back up or something like that. So you kind of, you have that echoing back through this and it's just a powerful scene when he gets back. And then it's a powerful scene where, where are you just like, yeah, when Catwoman saves a kid and then all of a sudden Bruce Wayne walks up to her and he, you know, he tries to get her again. He pleads to the goodness in Catwoman, like show up and help me. And of course she ultimately does. But anything you guys want to say about the, the pit scene or anything like that? Yeah, well, he, he doesn't use the rope the last time. No, he does not. Yeah, he uses the rope the first two times. And then, uh, you know, like both of those times, he's not going to make it. It's like the fight with Bane. You can see he still doesn't have it. He's still, you know, just something's still missing. Uh, and he's not going to make it. Yeah, and then but somewhere in there he finds uh, how to get everything that he's got left. He's gonna give it to getting out of there. Whereas previously it's like he was still at only like ninety percent, eighty-five percent. He still hadn't totally committed. And so yeah, once he once he gets out of there, uh, that is my favorite scene in the movie, of course when he rises back out because he's fallen to such a pathetic low, you know, but then yet he's risen back out and now he's, he's uh, going to be Batman again. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great scene. And then when he eventually meets commissioner Gordon, who has been told he's to die by exile, he meets him out of the water and, you know, t tells him to light it up yeah. and he lights it up. And all of a sudden the bat signal is a flame on the bridge which then becomes a call to all, you know, then he's able to get the rest of the police out of the tunnels that have been locked up. And it becomes a call to the police and, and pretty much to everyone 
to join the fight, basically to get their city back um, from the the psychopath of Bane. And that's a, a, like a chilling moment when the, the bat signal goes up through the, it's fire at this point. But I, that scene always gets me. It's a good one. And so I remember even that police yeah. officer that had been kind of a scaredy cat, yes. kind of locked away, he comes out, you know, it's given him the the courage to come back out and fight again. And unfortunately, it looks like he lost that fight on a personal level. That was sad, but... Yeah, he, he does You know, die. the hope had kind of been restored, or at least the hope to to continue the good the good fight. Yes. And, and that becomes, too, mm-hmm. because Batman's kind of a symbol, because, you know, the Gotham police are known for being uh, corrupt. And Batman becomes a symbol of needing more, and it ultimately becomes a call to the rest of the police to be more. So I, I just think that's a very, it's a powerful moment. And even in relating to today, you know, that's a powerful thing too. Um, so that's a great moment. And then we can kind of move into with the final showdown with Bane and uh, Batman, which I, I really enjoy. I mean, they just somehow create where Bane like punches so quickly. Like, I mean, they clearly had to speed it up through a computer. Cause I don't think, I don't know if a person punches that fast, but, but I, I, at first, and I will say this at first, I, I didn't like the first time I saw the movie, uh, you know, of course, Batman beats Bane this time around. And then that woman stabs him in the back, literally with a knife and yeah. then it's um, Bane says, well, I have to kill you now after she leaves. And Catwoman comes in and blasts Bane away. And the first time I saw it, I was like, well, that was kind of a letdown. Like anticlimactic. But the second time, when we watched it this past time, I enjoyed it. Because they had already had two show-offs at this time. And Batman had, had totally, you know, beat him up this time around. So it just would have been more that we didn't need anymore. So I actually enjoyed her just quickly... Uh, I don't share your same enthusiasm about guns or whatever yeah, she says. Was, we, we need to talk about the gun thing or that something was one like of those that. Corny comic book lines that 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 works. Yeah. you know that that scene. Yeah. Uh, well, was it because Bruce said you, you can't kill anybody? Yes, he said no guns. No, no, I don't kill yeah. anyone or something. And when like she that. comes in and blows them away, she's like, "I'm not sure I feel as passionate about your view on guns." Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the second time she's yeah she either says that or we need to talk about the gun thing but I actually I I liked their final showdown and I think her uh, killing Bane it was fine because at that point Bane was no longer the major threat the major threat is the bomb that they now have to get and defuse um, so right. anything you guys want to say about that the or? one the one thing I'll say I, you know I asked Michelle during the movie is like when you find out who the little little boy but actually a little girl was in the in the in the hellhole the yeah. they were in <laughs> i don't know what else to call it uh, but I, I i get like for her dad or whatever but i'm just like why is she so intent like what is you know on blowing up the city and like millions of people i guess i didn't get totally like why well, now like she's just a villain like they just they loved chaos uh, and and she's trying to finish what her dad wanted to do all those years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Raz Agul wanted to get, get rid of all of it, but, uh, you know, she's, she's following for her dad and she's wanting to get revenge on Batman who killed her dad. And, and they want to kill Gotham because they view it so vile and awful. So again, there comes in this fight of Batman kind of stepping up as this M this symbol 
of humanity can be more. Yes, it's been a mess. Yes, it's been disastrous, but there can be better. Like, humanity can do better. So... I always enjoy that that kind of symbolism. Me too. And, uh, of course, Batman, he is able to get the bomb out of the, um, out of the city, and everyone thinks he dies. And that's sad when you've got Alfred crying at his grave, uh, telling his parents, I'm sorry I failed you. But, of course, Alfred at that point doesn't know that Batman is alive, which they set up beautifully. Because uh, Morgan Freeman, who yet again we haven't brought him up, Morgan Freeman, yeah. he he he's not even in these movies much, but when he's in it, you know he's in it. Like he does a great job yeah. with the time he, he has. A great presence. He does. He adds a lot in these movies. And Morgan Freeman had set up in the beginning when he showed him this new plane that he created that he did it. He did it. He couldn't fit fix the co-pilot, and he says, but maybe a better mind can can fix it. And so, so anyways, and then that's how we know he's alive is Morgan Freeman is talking to someone and he says, well, the, the, the co-pilot was fixed. And he's like, who fixed it? He's like Bruce Wayne. So, so that's kind of how it ends. And we'll move into that. Someone actually asked on Twitter, cause we had, you know, if you have any questions, let us know. They asked if I liked the ending and the epilogue. And I think to me, this, this ending of this trilogy was perfect. I love that Alfred, what Alfred wanted so bad that he tells with tears in his eyes to Bruce Wayne is fulfilled. And that was he wanted Bruce to step away from Batman and to live a happy, normal life, you know, maybe find a woman. And it literally ends with with him looking over and seeing... Like uh, kind of his fantasy he described earlier, literally that playing out. Yes, him seeing Bruce with Selena Kyle, you know, a.k.a. Catwoman together. And I I really actually buy their romance because, let's be real, Batman and a normal woman, I just don't know if they're going to make it. It, It's like they're more equals in a sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He he needs kind of a special woman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I I thought it ended well. And I I think the way that... For me, I know I feel like it ended well is I was looking at uh, the one character who clearly was like a Robin or going to be a Robin and like really wishing that we could see more out of these characters. And so when something ends and that's how it makes you feel, then they've done what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, when something ends and you're like, well, you know, I've. I'm good with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not ending on a high note. And right. so as much as I would have liked to have seen another movie with the Robin, it probably would have been difficult to end on any higher note than, you know, where they ended it there. And I think Christian Bale just wasn't going to do Batman anymore anyway, right? I mean, yeah. Well and, well, and Christopher Nolan was done, <laughs> the director. Okay. So, so, yeah, it, they were done. So I, I, to me, I really think this ending, it couldn't have ended. To be so grounded in reality, they gave us a happy ending, kind of, in a way. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I like happy endings. I hate when they try to get cute with an ending, when you've invested this much time into a character. So I think the ending was as perfect as it could be, in my opinion. And in my corny words of wisdom, to sum up this movie, I think, you know, remember that... um. Hope isn't lost when you think it is, uh, and um, there are good people out there, and so I, think I lost they, what I was going to say. I think that's it. But, 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 but that's pretty much it. But, but, yeah. ho- ho- <laughs> <laughs> but 
but hope is never lost. She, she tried, everyone. I, I tried. Um, but yeah, I forever. But that's kind of so. Just kind of closing thoughts. Like maybe you should have actually prepared a statement. I probably uh, should have. beforehand, <laughs> as opposed to coming off uh, uh, at the end of belly flopping. <laughs> <laughs> that, that probably would have been better. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of you know. So closing thoughts again. I just think this movie, eight years later, it still lives up. This tri- the Nolan Bell trilogy is. They're going to be really hard-pressed to, to outdo this trilogy. It was just from the villains they casted, the people, the actors and actresses in this mo- these movies. It was just an incredible Batman trilogy that we got in the Dark Knight trilogy. And to me, again, it ended on a high note. It ended, it just ended great. And there was so much character development all the way through this trilogy with every character. And that's, that's also a great, great sign of, of good writing and a great tr- or franchise. So there, were, there weren't any standalone Ben Affleck movies, or were there? No. Okay. Maybe I was out of that, but I didn't think so. No, no. Um, and I was actually surprised uh, how well I did kind of accept his role in that. You know, I, th- I thought he did pretty, you know, relatively well. Uh, but uh, somebody had put down there that they're really looking forward to the new one. Um, I am I excited it about it. When is that supposed to come out? Well, if they can get back, because they had just started filming when COVID hit. So they had to shut down production. So if they can get back on track here really soon, it's supposed to come out October 2021. So next year. And it is looking very, it is looking very neat. Like a very different take on Batman. Which honestly, when you've had a character like Batman that there's so you keep doing, you need to revamp it. Do it different. It doesn't have yeah. to be the same yeah. every time. So, I, 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 everything I've seen, I'm very excited about with what they're doing with this character. Well, that's what this last one was. It was, it yes. was very much a, a different kind of. So I guess this is going to be two, and Robert Patterson is playing Batman. He is. That's it. I think I'm I'm not familiar with him outside of the vampire deal, <laughs> so he's like a thin, you know, pale vampire. You know, that's the that's that's how I know him. Uh, so, but I'm sure I guess they've probably gotten him in the weight room and gotten him, you know, looking more like Batman. So. Yeah, he's like he's looking better. But but what what to me what's fascinating about this is they said that they're going back to Batman's origins in the comics, which is truly a detective. So this is going to be, it sounds like it almost could be a murder mystery Batman style with, with all kind of, with Penguin, with the Riddler, with all these different people. But it sounds interesting, so I'm interested. And I actually, not that I was a big fan of the Twilight movies, but I actually can totally see him as Batman. I, oh, I, I, he, I get it. I he looks like Bruce Wayne to me all yeah. day, especially. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Almost more along the lines of like Val Kilmer vibes in a, in a different way or something. Yeah. Maybe, like Michael said, maybe he needs to beef up a little more, but... Hey Cam, Cam's in the chat. Hey Cam, you are a little bit late, but that's okay because you're you're Cam, so we accept it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, hey, it, you know I'm late all the time. Don't feel bad. She, Michelle she can. Michael knows too. Yeah, she is. But but that's it. I think we're finished with this, and we'll close the podcast, and then we can talk on the live chat here just for a second. But that is it for this episode of Force of Light Entertainment. We appreciate you all for joining the conversation and encourage you to check out some of our other episodes on podcasts and on YouTube. And, you know, subscribe to the channel. 
And you can look for a new episode every Sunday. Yes, and if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Force of Light Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram, and I am Michelle34Smith on each. Natalie, where can they find you? I am Natalie R. Grace on Twitter and NatLovesBella07 on Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Yes, yes, reach out. We appreciate you all again. And again, join the conversation. And next time, let's talk some more movies. All right, bye. <laughs>